Brothers Podcast. I'm Keenan, joined by Kyle, always, of course. Kyle, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. Day after opening day for the NBA. Tonight's almost really... Tonight's really almost the true opening night, really, because you've got every team in action. But, uh, you know, opening tip-off last night, a great Celtics in... Well, not a great game, but, you know, great for the Celtics. If you're a Celtics fan... A great opening statement by them. I loved the energy they played with last night. But that was a good, entertaining game. Then you had Warriors on ring night versus the Lakers. That was a fairly entertaining game, you know. So uh, it was it was good. Great time, the NBA. A hundred percent. I really like the uh, Warriors championship shirts. I thought those were very nice. Their warm ups, yeah, I really yeah. The warm the warm ups are clean. I I like those a lot. Um, they looked like really 1970s or 80s style kind of thing. So they did. I, I like them. I would like warm ups. Like if you, they if the Heat come out with like their Vice City ones of that, I would love those. I, if that, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be like a style at all during the year, but I would take from that because I like the white and gold because the gold that looks that looks very good. But I think a Vice City one would look amazing. Hmm. But any, I mean. Go on. Sorry, no, I was just reading something about Draymond at the same time I, you were saying that's my fault. But uh, no, I agree with you. I, the warm-up style like that is dope. Um, Definitely. I mean, they usually come out with pretty cool, specific ring ceremony warm-ups. I remember the Heat had pretty cool ones mm-hmm. once upon a time. Um, yeah, there's a lot of variations with their warm-ups, it seems like, because they do the NBA green, or they used to at least do the NBA green week, NBA fit. Uh, you know, you'll have the throwback ones here and there. Yeah. Or yeah, having the 90s throwbacks this year. So there's yeah. variation. There's so we probably won't see those again. But I, some I statement ones. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But we can talk NBA a little bit later. Football-wise, obviously, big week last week. Some upsets last week. Things that, things that were just completely shocking to me. Um, what's the first thing that hits your mind before I ask you a few things? From week six NFL, what stood out the most to me? Yeah. Uh, a few things. Let's, I mean, number one, the highlight, the two games you would highlight would be, you know, Bill's Chiefs, mm-hmm. which went nearly exactly how I thought it would go. I was actually only one point off. I noticed today, 24, 20, 21, 24. Uh, You know, that was a defensive battle. Bills had it last, or I mean, Chiefs had it last, but you know what I mean. Like, Bills Mm kind of had the drive to end it. Mahomes throws the interception. Uh, Eagles-Cowboys, I really thought was going to be a closer game. That's the first game we really saw Cooper Rush's true limitations. I mean, he's had other games where he's, you know, maybe not thrown for a lot of yards. But, I mean, they really put the pressure on him. He was throwing into, you know, double coverage at some points. Look confused. I will say, like, after some of those picks, he really looked poised. Like, that, the beginning of the second half, Cowboys looked pretty good. Looked like they were going to kind of gain control back to that game. But uh, then Philly bounced back with uh, an absolute big boy drive. Grown man drive. Oh, yeah, that was a... That was a men, men amongst boys drive. 75 yards, I believe, and, you know, slicing them up with the, uh, you know, running from a gun. Uh, Jalen Hurts had some great throws. 
uh, I was really impressed with that drive. Philly showed me a lot, truly, especially, you know, being a division rival. Um, but, you know, other than that, it's your standard NFL week, you know, midweek or midseason. You, I mean, what do we say every week, any given Sunday? You never know what's going to happen. I was not. I think the Buccaneers-Steelers surprised me the most. I really expected them to get their offense going. The yeah, Bucks. especially because the the uh, Steelers were missing. Obviously, they've been missing T.J. Watt since week one. They were missing Minka Fitzpatrick, who was one of the best safeties in the league. They were missing their starting corners, and they still only mustered up 18 points. They couldn't move the ball. The whole entire offense just doesn't look in sync at all. And... They do score. They go down. They score a drive. The two point conversion play just didn't was just wasn't good. Then third and fifteen, we're gonna let Mitch pick it up. What back to back third downs too? Yeah, back they, to the back third, and, third and fifteen, then like a third and nine or third and ten. Like, but the third and fifteen got me because that was the one he ran for, I believe. And then there was the one he rolled out and hit. Um, Claypool on the side, but well, that was a nice that was a nice catch. But you still can't allow that to happen. That just can't happen. Regardless, whatever that just can't happen. And we could be having, regardless of how they played, we would still be singing a little bit different tune if Brady goes down, gets him a field goal, which he definitely could have, because Suckup was playing at Platt. He had a really good game that game as well. And they they pull out, and they're still they pull out a win. They're four and two, and that's okay. But even still, there's still some red flags, but definitely some red flags there in the loss. There's been red flags, but like there's even high, like it, that's even a darker red. Yeah, I mean, the third and longs give it up to a, you know the one starting quarterback now backup quarterback, uh, and it was already concerning enough that uh, Pickett was playing well against him. You know what I mean? Like he looked bad last week versus the Bills. And then he looks more comfortable. I mean, what you would expect in your second start, but I mean, you know, to really go toe to toe with this Bucks team. I mean, I said it last week. This Bucks team to me is not a contender. You know, red flags all over. The offense never looked comfortable this whole entire season so far. And now we're going into week seven. Uh, the Bucks have another what could be an easy game. You know what I mean? But I mean, shit, we would have said that. I mean, I believe you said that against the Falcons. I think you had them winning by double digits last uh, week. I had them winning. Falcons I, Falcons, I can't remember. I know I had the game. I thought it was they were going to be in control of the game and the Falcons would kind of pull closer late is what I thought. But we'll see what I had for my picks here real quick. Uh, no, I had a 38-23. You had a 28-23. I thought that the I thought the Falcons yeah that was it I thought the Falcons were gonna keep it close early and then the Bucks were gonna get like a late turnover to help that boost that score, but it was the opposite they got up early and then late the Falcons just stormed back. Right, so yeah, they close game versus the Falcons, which you know they very well could have lost that terrible rough in the passer penalty last week. They lose to the Steelers. Now they got the Carolina Panthers, who they're favored by ten and a half. Uh, and we'll see. You know what I mean? Obviously, Carolina. Well, I don't know if the, will they be without PJ Washington. He got a well, looked to be a concussion last week. PJ Walker, but yeah, PJ Walker, PJ Walker. <laughs> I was gonna say six ten power forward for the Hornets. <laughs> they don't have it, but uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think Donald's ready, so who knows who their quarterback's gonna I, be? I have no idea what their quarterback situation is gonna be. Um, and Baker just looks terrible, anyways. He's injured anyway, but uh, yeah, no, I mean. 
Yeah, I mean, like, like I was saying last week, that's why I really had Philly, Dallas, and uh, in San Francisco ahead of them. So, yeah, more questions for the Bucks. But again, you kind of bet on them to be healthy. And even if they're not as explosive as the past two years, you still got Tom Brady. You still got continuity in the defense, obviously, as talent. Uh, and then you have Todd Bulls as their coach. So you'd figure it at the least they're a team you want to be afraid of by the end of the year. You know what I mean? I mean, we'll scoring were- all around the league is down. So, I mean, that kind of benefits yeah. the Bucks away. Yeah. But we'll see. It does not look good. Brady looks upset. He's <laughs> screaming, screaming at his bench, you know, I didn't get divorced for this. <laughs> I can give up my wife and kids for this. <laughs> so, you know. We'll fucking see. Yeah, we definitely. See. Definitely. Uh, I would say hopefully it's for their sake. It's reminiscent of their first year because they were up and down. They went six and five and going into the break. And then after that, they won five in a row. They had a favorable schedule. And then that rolled into their uh, Super Bowl run. But speaking of, you said that you don't think the Bucks are a contender. Would you, are you off the bus for them or would you be a passenger for that? Would you be a uh, I mean, I'm just talking when I was talking, not a not a contender. I was talking right now. I said last week. Yeah. And I just said just barely even like down the line. Sure. Like week, week 12, week 14, week 15, if they got all their guys back and, you know, there's going to be some level of comfort there. You know, there should be. But I mean, through these first six weeks, Brady hasn't looked in the least comfortable, uh, you know. And they're not game managing either. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to run their normal offense. It looks a lot like what it looked like when, you know, they'd have a bunch of new pieces around them in New England. And the first four to six weeks would be really rough for Brady and he'd be really frustrated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you add his age on top of that, combined with, you know, new coach, the weird ass offseason. You know, it's just It feels a little bit different there. than in New England. In New England, I felt like they're catching their stride right now. It feels kind of like they're distracted, and that like in New England, the one thing it never felt was they were distracted. It just felt like they weren't clicking yet. Like they were trying to find out exactly who they were and what they were going to be for that uh, upcoming season. Right, and uh, I mean, shit. Not to make it seem like oh, Kyle's right, Kyle's right, because that's not the point here. But uh, you know, the middle class of the NFL, like you got to bring it against them, against the Atlantas against even a team like the Jaguars. Uh, Even the Colts look a little bit better last week after their win. You know what I mean? So, I mean, all these middle-class teams, if you're a team like the Packers or the Bucks, who, yeah, we all peg to be there, and yeah, you got these aging Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but, you know, you're going to have to bring... If you're not going to bring your A game, you got to at least, you know, be picking up first downs, converting third downs, getting stops on defense at the least if you're not going to be able to score the ball. And uh, when you're not doing that, you're just going to end up in the middle class. Definitely. All right. So that was actually one of, I was going to, I was going to ask you about the bus, a few bus questions. So are you, are you, I was just, these are quick ones. Are you a passenger with Tampa? As far as, as a contender to go compete for a Super Bowl. uh, Again, off the bus right now. Off the bus. Okay. Long long term contender. They sh- they should yeah. be there. You you bet on them. So I'm. I was gonna say that makes. That's why I would be a passenger right now. I would. They're definitely not. I'm not in the driver's seat because they definitely aren't in the driver's seat themselves. But I still think they have. They have the time and they have the roster. They should be able to turn that around. 
Green Bay making the playoffs. Are you on the bus, off the bus, passenger? I'm still on the bus. There's still a lot of season left. They of look course. like shit. They look like shit. Rodgers does not look happy whatsoever. But uh, they need to simplify. They've got they've got a good coach. They've got a good defense. They just you got to figure it out when you get times like this. But you know, if you're losing at home to the Jets, a young Jets team, that's one. Sure, like they were favored heavy in this game. I think they were a double digit favorite, if not a nine point favorite. Cool. It might have even been eight. I don't remember. But either way, they were a large favorite at home. Sure, you might pick a Jets team to cover there, but seven that's and one a half. You, yeah, that's one you at least gotta edge out there, three or four points. There's no reason you should get, get away from them like they did. You know what I mean? At home to a young Jets team, even if it is early in the season, that's that's very concerning. Uh I'm feeling great about my uh, pick for the Minnesota Vikings to win the division. They look really good right now. They're another they're they're the prime example of, especially with Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, <clears throat> specific specifically maybe that uh that Thanksgiving game versus New England. I don't know if that's in Minnesota or in New England. I'm gonna guess Minnesota, but uh, I think it is in Minnesota. You know, that's that's a perfect one. I mean, imagine if. They will win there at like I don't know whatever it is nine and three. I'm not sure what week it'll be, and you know stinks it up versus Mac Jones and the Patriots. You know what I mean? So you know that might that might chase people off of choosing them as a long term contender. But I mean the Vikings look good. Packers do not look great. Uh, I mean you know they're gonna they got two more games against the Lions, right? They haven't faced them early on yet, so Lions aren't gonna be easy. So it's not. Nothing about their road's gonna be easy, but just like the Bucks, they got the tools, they got the coaching, they got the defense, they still have Aaron Rodgers. There should be enough there for you to figure it out if you want to. But uh Yeah, I'm, I a, I'm a definitely a, I'm definitely a comfortable passenger on that one. I there I think there's not enough teams in the NFC to knock them off and they'll find it out. Aaron Rodgers is too good. I feel that team will They'll be able to get to about 10 and 6, and I think that can definitely make it to the uh, playoffs in the NFC. Um, speaking of the team that they lost to, Jets over 500. How are you feeling about that? They're tough. I don't, I don't particularly think they're a good team. I'll, I'll readily admit I haven't seen a lot of the Jets compared to, let's say, the Chargers. Let's say the Broncos. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, even other teams out of the NFC. However, they are sitting at 4-2. and two. They're young. They got, as I've said before, you win early in the NFL. You're gonna, it's going to give you a little swagger. It's going to give you a little mojo. Um, so, I mean, you know, the Jets are going to be feeling themselves a little bit. We'll see how it goes over these next three weeks. I would, I would be probably off the bus on that, especially since the AFC East in general. With the Bills, with the Pats, with the Dolphins, all three have talent. Jets got to go through all them. Uh, but, I mean, you know, they'll be right around 500. Now, since you add that game, you literally have to be under or over. So I'll go slightly under for them there. So I'll say off the bus. Yeah. But, you know, if they do go over, that means one of, if not both, the Patriots and Dolphins would have to slide. Uh 
mean, they're ahead of the Dolphins and Pats right now, technically, right? They're second in the division. Yep. So, yeah, I don't see it. But if they did, I mean, that's a that's probably a playoff spot for them if they do go over 500. It, yeah, close, definitely. Um, I so am, I would say off the bus on that. I'm a, I'm a passenger because they. I'm looking at their schedule now, and they have some winnable games. This week against the Broncos, that's a winnable game. The Broncos haven't. I mean, the Jets' defense has looked really good. Robert Sala is doing what he's supposed to do as a defensive coach there, and the offense just isn't turning the ball over, which is what they're supposed to do. And Brees Hall looks like a, the real deal. Looks really good. So, and the Broncos don't know how to score above sixteen points. That seems to be the mark they get to, other than one game. So. They could beat the Broncos, and they have the Bears. They do have the Jags, the Lions, the Seahawks. Those are all going to be like those weirdly – they're teams that they can play with in their winnable games. They do have the Patriots twice and the Dolphins again, So obviously, and the Bills twice, but they we know those division games can be. So could they pull out one or two of those? Yes. Am I confident in it? No, but I'd be a passenger. But I'd be a passenger. I'm not too confident in it um, to just proclaim them that, but – they could they could be five and two coming out of this week. Sure. Um, the Giants to make the playoffs. Oh, they're in. They got to be. You got in. you got the Giants in the playoffs. You're a driver seat in that one, or Pat just a passenger. Driver, driver. Ooh, okay. Giants are in. All three of those guys. All three of those teams are in. So to me, Ooh. Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants. Three yeah. teams and from the. Is it the nineties? Like <laughs> three teams right? from the like NFC. It. Looks <laughs> like it. Yeah. I mean, crazy enough. I mean, I'm looking at it. I mean, people would say, okay, the Patriots are 500. Like, what are they? But no, I mean, you know, we just talked about the AFC East. Both East divisions look highly, highly competitive with right now the class being the NFC East. To the the masses going into the season, those would have probably been two of like the three or four worst divisions up there with the NFC uh, South just because the – the Falcons, no one had faith in them. Obviously, the Panthers and the uh, Saints, where people were like iffy on. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think people. I think people thought the AFC East was going to be competitive. They, you I know, was I say, thought, well, they thought the NFC East was going to be competitive too. But I just mean like they didn't like the Bills were just the class, and then everybody else was kind of because I don't know. I didn't see a lot of people that like I didn't see anyone really who had the Patriots or Jets in the playoffs. I didn't see anyone who had the Giants in the playoffs and they were going to say one of the two of the Dallas or Eagles are going to make it, but the other one probably wasn't going to. And I mean, I think I saw a lot of people. Look, have they exceeded? Yes, like the AFC East is more competitive. Uh I don't know if I had a lot of heard a lot of people say one of the worst though cuz I think a lot of people thought yeah, the Bills got it, but whoever gets that second spot, whether it's likely New England or Miami, and I think people were a little more favorable to Miami, um, that they would make the playoffs at least. And you got to figure New England's coming off a playoff berth where they're returning a lot of their roster. Yeah, there's some defensive turnovers. So, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be, uh, you know, a slosh of a division. You know what I mean? It was going to be competitive, but I don't, I mean, I'll readily admit, you know, I didn't expect Miami nor New England to be this competitive early on. New England's more than exceeded my expectations. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, they have. Uh, they had to me, too, because I thought I thought they may honestly be two and four and they had a chance to be one and five 
or one and four, like one and four to two and three ish, but more almost closer to one and four going into this stretch to where they had the, uh, where they had the uh, Browns and then the next few the uh, Bears and the next few games because I thought they could pull it together and get to 500 by that tough stretch at the end of the season and then they'd be fighting for it that way because I had them eight and nine, but so they're right. three and three now they could get to six and three comfortably and I feel like because I think their next three are pretty like pretty winnable games if I'm if I remember correctly yeah they have the. Uh, Bears, they have the Colts and the Jets, and then the uh, the Jets, Colts, Jets, uh, before yeah. Thanksgiving. So those are four winnable games. Likely, like I would love to see them go three and one in that stretch. And if they go to three, they three and one in that stretch, they're six and four going into um, Thanksgiving. I would be thoroughly happy on that one. But yeah, but you're on. Right. You're, I was say you're driving the seat for uh, the Giants. I would be. I'm a firm, firm passenger. I'm not driving it yet, but I'm a firm, firm passenger. I do like what I see. Again, dark horse, as I said a few weeks ago, hopefully Saquon for MVP. I'm pushing for it. <laughs> I'm pushing yeah. for it. I, I think. mean, yes. Saquon's playing great. Daniel Jones is playing great using his legs more than his arm. You know what I mean? Or more of a dual threat than in years past, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um and they are one of the more well-coached teams in the league. Dables, Brian Dables done a great and excellent job with them. They, I don't think it's a stretch to say uh, he's immediately one of the better coaches in the league. Like, he's just, the way they carry themselves, the way they capitalize. They've had a couple comeback wins, including against the Ravens. You know, you got that defense playing well. You, you're focused on the run game. I mean, that's a true Giants football team. Uh, and they're they're not going to beat themselves a lot unless Daniel Jones is throwing picks. And he's he's been good early on. But, no, I don't see, you know, with a 5-in-1 cushion, yeah, you've got some divisional games coming. But, I mean, not to get ahead here, but they're a three-point underdog at the Jaguars. And, I, you know, I'm taking the, ja- the Giants all day on a neutral field against the Jags. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. just a more professional football team than the Jaguars to me. Yeah, so the, yeah, no. The Jags think, are up and down right now, so that's hard to that's hard to have to say, yeah, the Jags after going and losing to the Colts and after them losing some to the Texans and then they lost the week before to the Eagles, it's hard to say that yeah, they're gonna go beat the Giants right now who just beat the Ravens and then beat the Packers. Like that's hard to say. Yeah. I mean I would in years past with this with a team like the Giants where like where Daniel Jones hasn't looked great as far as throwing the ball, like, you know, he's just always been kind of sporadic. You never know what you're gonna get out of him. But he, you know, he's carrying himself better this year as far as leadership goes. Um and as far as confidence goes. But shit, my bad. What the fuck point was I gonna make here? Oh, so yeah. In years past, I might have said, okay, this is a team to slide. But again, how well coached they are. And again, everybody aside from, I would say, the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles. And then I'll throw the Cowboys in there too. They got Dak coming back this week, most likely. Um, Niners took a bit of a slide for me. But those four teams, and really those three, the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles. Okay? Those three Aside from them, it's anybody's ball game yeah. with all these other matchups. Anybody, any single one of them. 
Uh, maybe, you know, the Panthers, probably the worst. But, I mean, look, Steelers beat the Bucks on a given week. They're probably on the lower end, too. But, I mean, they got Tomlin. So, really, aside from the Panthers, everybody else can be anybody. And mm-hmm. anybody in that middle class can beat the Chiefs or the Bills, as we've already seen. You know, Dolphins got one on the Bills. And uh, the Steelers got one on the Or, sorry, the Colts got one on the Chiefs. So, yeah. Anybody can be beaten, and I, you know, the Eagles got a cake schedule from here on oh, out. They, but, they thirteen and know. four, thirteen and four is looking a lock. Not even yeah, just like I, before the season, I was like, okay, but like thirteen and four is looking lock. Fourteen and three, fifteen and two, like fifteen and two is on the table. I'd be shocked if they lost more than three games. Yep. And fifteen you know, and two is on the table for sure. If if they do lose one, it's gonna be. You know, with against Dak, it'll be at Dallas too. Uh, I could see them possibly coughing up one of these ugly Giants games too. But outside of that, like everybody that's outside of the division, there's really nobody left. I think they might have the Packers. I can't. I don't have their schedule in front they of me. They do have but, the Packers. Uh, that's the other. That's the. That's the other one. And that's an easy win at this point for them right now. Or looks to be, you know, but I mean, that's a team that could. That's to say, by that point, they could have turned, they may turn it around. You never know, but like, yeah, definitely. All right. So those are the bus questions I had. And then I had one random question that I just wanted to see your answer on. And then we can move well, on to basketball picks, what our picks, and then probably basketball, unless you have anything else. Mm, Quarter. I was just thinking about it because obviously we watch probably the two best quarterbacks in the league in Mahomes, Allen. Allen got the best of Mahomes now. I know mm-hmm. people obviously love the talent and everything. If you had to choose a quarterback for the next five years, would it be Mahomes? Or do you, are you a guy who leans Allen? Are you a guy that leans maybe uh, Burrow, Herbert, whoever? Or are you just Mahomes guy? If you had to choose a QB for the next five. But, and it's between Allen and Mahomes? Or no, any, it's, it's any, between like, anybody. I just figured those would be uh, the two you would choose from, but I, that's why I was saying it, but anyone. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. Or absolutely. And, if, and if we're saying, you know, maybe throw Lamar up there, him either. So, I mean, you can't – Herbert, Burrow, same thing. I'd be concerned with Burrow as far as uh, injuries go because he can – hold on to the ball a little bit and he's already had a torn ACL. Um but I mean as far as if we're gonna keep Allen and Mahomes, you can't go wrong with either. Yeah, they each probably have a style that's a little more susceptible to injury than your average pocket quarterback, but each of them are, you know, excellent from the pocket as well as outside the pocket. Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. But uh you can't I couldn't pick one out of either because I mean, I would guess five years from now, both of them will still be elite. Who knows, barring a career setback. Yeah. But nah, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Can't go wrong with Herbert. Burrow, just a slight injury question. Can't go wrong with Burrow, though, either. He's obviously excellent in the pocket. And he's uh, been, it was, Since game one, he's been 10 touchdowns, one pick. He's been playing great football since that first game. Yes, yes, and then uh, and then Lamar too. You know, you have injury concern with his style of play, but aside from last year, he stayed pretty healthy, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, no, you can't go wrong with any one of the young to uh, in their prime quarterbacks. If I had to choose one, I think I would lean Mahomes. Like if I had to choose one, but if you told me my future is 
you have Herbert, you have Burrow, you have Allen, you have Lamar, you have you have those guys. I'm not gonna be upset with my future. We we went to we can win Super Bowls with those guys. I was just curious if you had like a specific one that you liked, or if it was like a kind of just whatever. It's almost a pick 'em for you. I was just curious. I think Zappy's the guy out of all of them. Oh, so. Bailey Zappy's the guy out of all of them. You are correct. Uh, did you want to get to picks now, or is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I mean, real quick, since I just said Zappy, actually, we're talking quarterbacks. Uh, I think people might expect us to talk, you know, what the QB situation is in New England. Seems how they're definitely an emerging team. Like, this defense is lights out. Lights out. Like, uh, I mean, I've been saying this since week one. This defense has been largely out of schedule. I get a, I get a text every Sunday. It's going to be Monday this week. This defense can play with anybody. I get a message they one can. time. One time, me- a, one time a Sunday, I get it from Kyle. Nothing else other than this defense can play with anybody. With anybody. And, you know, before, before where maybe I was worried, like, okay, we get Buffalo. It's going to be a competitive game. Now I think we can actually win that game, you know, especially mm-hmm. if it's not – Especially if it's Mac back there. Especially if we got Dane back there with Ramondre. Ramondre looks amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I love rec- that. He looks real nice. Our receiving crew looks great. Our tight ends look good. I mean, this is exactly why I was never worried about if we needed a quote-unquote number one receiver. We got weapons all over. Whether it's the backfield, whether it's on the outside, whether it's the slot, whether it's the tight ends. Devontae, uh, to me, is... Devonte, the only thing I was worried about in uh, pre um, preseason was will he stay healthy because he's had a career of not staying healthy. But otherwise, he was like a type of receiver that I was hoping for, which is yeah. why I want like I don't which is why I wanted him because you have a guy who one on one now can go get you. You can put it up for him. He's a guy who is really going to be great with contested catches. Then now you have. It takes off a little bit of pressure off of Jacoby, so you have Jacoby underneath who can, on your slot corners, he's going to get open. You've got Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar who doesn't seem to be dropping the ball like he used to because he had the drops for the longest time, which is why he bounced around from a few teams. But he can get deep. He's been making plays. Kendrick Bourne uh, takes slants and takes drag routes, and he can make those into big plays. So it's been... They have enough speed on their roster now, and Devontae uh, gives them that big body guy I like with Hunter Henry as well. So they definitely have enough pieces. I feel definitely more comfortable about this team than I did last year or even definitely the year prior to last year. I definitely feel more comfortable, especially with the one-two punch of Damian Harris and Ramondre. You got Ramondre 20-20, to 20, and then you got Damian Harris inside the 20, short down yardage and things like that because he runs so hard. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just addressing Devontae Parker, you know, last year being year one with Mac, I mean, he's one, even if he got injured for a few games, let's say, I'm not, and even last year, was not worried about the receiving core, you know what I mean? Especially with Tyquan Thornton, he's going to be a weapon. Like, there's enough here that are going to get open and get deep. Tyquan Thornton is also another one. So, they're like, they have more weapons this year than they had last year, which yeah, is what helps. I, which helps. And I think the big part of last year wasn't even the weapons as much as it was a young Mac and our defense was pretty inconsistent. You know, during the bad team stretch, the defense looked amazing. After that bye week late in the season, that defense never recovered. You know, Jonathan Taylor ran all over us and we saw what happened in the 
in the Bills playoff game. Uh, for whatever reason, they just look significantly slower after the bye week. I don't know. We held. But, uh, we say we held the league's top rusher right now. Maybe not the most dynamic because that's probably Barkley, but the league's top rusher. He's he had back to back to back a hundred yard games. He four out of the five this year. He's had over a hundred. The other one was eighty seven against the Jets, but he had three touchdowns. Held him to fifty six yards, no touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Chubb did nothing. Did nothing. But Kareem uh, Hunt did nothing as well. So like. We held Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which is definitely the best one-two punch in the backfield in the league, to about, I think it was like 75 rushing yards, something like that, maybe even a little less. So definitely definitely showing that we can stop the run when we need to. Yeah, absolutely. So you add that uh, this defense can get you points. Like, you know, they, they, can, they can get the ball return it, whether it's a fumble, whether it's an interception, they're going to get points from your defense or they're going to put you in the red zone. You know, that's just how fast this defense is, how dynamic this defense is. Yeah, we talked about the weapons. Uh, if Max limiting his mistakes, I, first of all, I don't think there's really a quarterback controversy here. Um, Mac made the trip last week, so I'm assuming he's going to play against the Bears. No one said that, but I'm assuming he's going to return against the Bears. Yeah. Uh, let me just say this before we even make the picks, because if you're listening to what we're talking about, clearly I'm going to pick the Patriots against the Bears. So yeah, we'll get that out of the way. Not really a not only do question. I, not only do I think they're going to win, I don't even think the Bears are going to score an offensive touchdown. Uh, they might score field goals. They might score via special teams. They're not going to score a touchdown. I don't see it the way Fields has been playing. Um, by the way, Fields. I mean, we'll talk. I'll talk about Fields later when we get to picks, but. Uh, I think Matt comes back this week. And if he's turning the ball over like he did those first two weeks, he'll have a quick leash. You know, Zappi will be back in because he looks good. Like, especially on that touchdown to, I believe it was Taekwon Thorne last week. Like, he's going through his progressions, going through his reads, comes back to the middle and hits him. I was very impressed Mm -hmm. with that. He was, he went from 199, he went from 99 yards, 188, 309. So yeah, like he's he gone up. He's pretty much it felt basically doubled in yards weekly. A little under, obviously, but like it's pretty much been like I'm doubling here, I'm doubling here. He's getting more comfortable in the offense. Four touchdowns to one, only one interception, and 600 yards in three games, 73 percent completion percent. I'm liking what I see out of him. Love it. Love I'm, it. He's a competent. He's more than a competent backup. Like, and not only that, he uh, he was drafting the fourth round. His draft project projection, sorry, if you look at it, he's like a, a practice squad player. So they don't even have this guy as a roster player. And uh, Patricia and Judge and Belichick have this guy playing at least at the minimum like a a good backup, more than a solid backup, a good backup. Well, and you, at the most, they have him looking like a, a competent starter, you know? Did you see his college? Do you know what his college stats were his last year there in Western Kentucky? I know he put up numbers. for yards, almost almost 6,000 yards, 62 touchdowns to 11 picks in 14 games. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got a quick release. He's got, he's not afraid to throw it. He's got accuracy, which is what Bill likes. 69% uh, completion percentage. I understand obviously is at Western Kentucky. So the competition he's playing isn't top notch, but still 
69% completion percentage is 69. When you're bad, like Mitchell Trubisky was not good at completing passes in college at North Carolina. Josh Allen had a problem, and we knew for, for the longest time Josh did have a problem. He was able to correct that. Mitch, not so much. But when you have that problem in college, it tends to rear its head in the NFL unless you really, really work at it. 69%, you, that's good. That's very good regardless of where you are playing in college. Right. And, uh, you know, Mac, same, same draft class as Trevor Lawrence, right? If Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick. If, if Trevor Lawrence, if Mac is limited compared to Trevor Lawrence, right, uh, then Mac is, you know, Zappy is limited compared to Mac Jones. You know what I mean? Like, Mac Jones can make throws that Zappy can't. So that's why I believe. Trevor, Mac Jones to Trevor Lawrence is Bailey Zappy to Mac Jones. To some degree, yeah. And, you know, mainly what I'm saying is Zappi's got real limitations. That's why they had him as a practice squad guy. But, so, I mean, if Mac is limiting his throws, because Mac's got a good deep ball on him, like he really does, he can throw a beautiful deep ball. And if he's limiting his turnovers and his decision-making and he's taking what the defense gives to him, on top of that, hitting the deep balls when they're there, uh, then it's it truly will be scary hours for the rest of the league against New England because that's dangerous to couple with his defense. But if Max turned the ball over, uh, Belichick will gladly do a 2001 Pats impression and game manage everything with Zappi and run the ball with Harris. And you're still going to see the Harris-Stevenson combo more than we see Mac Jones, where weeks one and two, we saw you know them passing the ball more. Yeah. But yeah, no, this team, I don't think there's a controversy and I think this team is far more explosive with Mac. But, yeah, if he's throwing picks, like let's say he comes back through two games, throws three picks, Zappi's going to be back in there. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He'll he'll turn this into – he'll turn it into Tom Brady 2.0. Not that I'm calling Bailey Zappi Tom Brady, but, like, he'll turn it into you've got a top quarterback in Drew Bledsoe. Obviously, he was injured, but – and as Mac was comes back in and like, you know what, we're rolling with this, I'm keeping it. All right. Anything else? Or are we ready to go to these picks? Yeah, let's get to some picks. All right. I was um a terrible five and eleven last week. Kyle was nine and seven. Kyle's been above five hundred since week one. He's at fifty six and thirty eight, almost twenty games above five hundred. I'm at fifty and forty four, so I'm six games back of Kyle right now. So I need a few big weeks going along here. We still haven't made a bet, but we have until week eight. We'll have to figure that out within the next week. Maybe we'll get some fan suggestions or listener suggestions. I don't say, but, uh, <laughs> and that's kind of dangerous to hold up to. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know. We'll see. But it'll be one of the two. One of the two. Either that or we'll come up with something nice. But you want to get right to it? Oh, right to it. All right. So we got... Thursday night, tomorrow night. Yep. Same at the Cardinals. Cardinals are two and a half point favorite. I think that's a little high, but uh, I'm going to go with the Saints here. It's going to be low scoring again. We'll say 21 17 Saints. 21 to 17 Saints. By the way, Andy Dalton looks good in this offense and better than Jameis. Jameis is hurt, but Andy Dalton looks good in this offense. You know what? I, I feel zero confidence in this, but I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back and have himself a ball game. I got 24-21 uh, Arizona. 
I mean, you know what? DeAndre might have himself a ball game, but if Arizona's just going to pass up field goals, win in field goal range to go for it and just sacrifice the points, it won't even matter if he has a good game. <laughs> so, because they gave away at least, what, nine points last week? Uh, yeah, the nine, nine to 19, I think it was in Seattle. And uh, and they had three opportunities to at least kick field goals on fourth and short, and they went for it and were unsuccessful each time. But uh, anyway, next game, Lions at the Cowboys. Cowboys are a touchdown favorite. They got Dak back. I think this, is, this could be a trap game. This could be a game the Lions sneak up and win on you. I don't believe so, though. I do believe it'll be a little closer. Let's say 27-23 Cowboys. So I think I think this game, I think Dallas is going to win this game. This could be an upset. I definitely think it, the, that Detroit is going to cover. They're coming off a bye. It's Dak's first game back. I've got this one being 28-25. So we're in the same ballpark. That's yeah. uh, Colts at Titans, divisional rivalry game here. Titans are favored by two and a half at home. Standard divisional favor right there. So uh, I really don't know who to pick in this game. Colts looked far better than they looked every other week this season, last game. Uh, Matt Ryan looked good, picking up third and Mongs. I think he hit on a, what, third and 13 to win the game? Oh, yeah. That that was, he, threw, he threw up a prayer, and life is a prayer. Uh, Shout out to Wayne Warner. I don't even know if that was a prayer. That was a good throw down the down the sideline. Hit him, hit him right in stride. No, it was the biased meaning throw up a prayer. He was getting hit as he threw, and he just let it fly. And this prayer was answered. No, the throw ended up being a really good throw. I'm not trying to, uh, but he was getting hit as he threw, and he was like, you know what, I'm going for everything, and it worked out. So let's see here. It's gonna be low scoring. We'll say 20. I'm going to roll with the Titans. I'm going to roll with the home team. I'm going to say 24-21 Titans. 24-21 Titans. Me, on the other hand, I am going Indy. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor's coming back, I've got this game 27-21 to Indy. All right. Then we got Giants at the Jags. Jags are a three-point favorite. Uh, I'm going Giants here. Another low-scoring affair. Uh, another 24-point finish for somebody. We're going to go Giants 24 here. Jaguars 17. So big cover from the Giants. Ooh, I like it. You said plus three, right? Plus or minus, three. Or minus three for the Jags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, the Giants are covering. I think they're going to win outright. I've got this game being 27 to 20. I don't. From what yes. I've seen out of the Jags the last few weeks, I have zero confidence that with uh, this Brian Dable defense and how this offense has been moving, they're not going to do much. Classic trap game, though. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Browns at the Ravens. Ravens are a six-point favorite over the Browns. Uh, I think Ravens win big here, actually, 30-17. Ooh. Yeah, I think the Ravens definitely win this game. I think it'll be a little closer, but they have to. They're after that loss last week, they're three and three. The Bengals now are tied with them. So they're gonna come out to play. Uh, I've got this game gonna be twenty eight 
to 18. Next game, we got Falcons at Cincinnati. Bengals are favored by six and a half. Uh, King cover. Money. Yeah, Falcons have covered each game 6-0 and against the spread. You could argue this line is far too high. Uh, I think the Falcons at least cover. I think another low-scoring affair. Let's say, you know what, I'm going to go with the Atlanta 22-20 over the Bengals. Oh, you got Atlanta. Um, I like how the Bengals have been looking offensively the last few weeks. They have found a little bit of a rhythm. I've got 30-27. Uh, Cincy. You have 22-20 Atlanta, right? Yep. Okay. Not confident about that though either. Like This is such a weird week. It's dead in the middle of the season and we've got a lot of, not 50-50 matchups, but I could see the Giants even though I think it's insane that they're not favored, I could see them losing that game to the Jags. You know what oh, I mean? They, like, def- they definitely could lose it. Like them having their truly I guess they kind of had a bad game against Dallas, but they were competing. But if they stunk it up versus the Jags, you'd say, okay, the Giants are due for a bad game, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, Cowboys at Commanders. Without Carson Wentz, the Commanders will be. So that will be Heineke as their QB. Yes. Oh, Taylor Heineke. They might be better with him right now. Four and a half point favorite. The, uh, the Packers are on the road. Um, yeah, Wentz is so hard to pinned down because he's definitely more talented than Heineke. Uh, last Thursday's game was nearly as bad as the prior Thursday's game. Oh, Excuse me. Man, so bad. 12 to uh, 7. But you're going to get that with, uh, you know, with a team like the Commanders and then, you know, especially with a team like the Bears. Uh, they, by the way, they were killing Fields last week. And I've been tough on Fields saying how he's not really a good quarterback. I mean, you saw that one play. I think they had a fake end around. And he had the tight end wide open in the end zone. They're on like the five-yard line, maybe the three-yard line. I feel like I could have made this throw to the tight end and Justin Fields just like sailed it. That's the stuff you don't like to see. But Fields was getting his ass kicked all night, hanging in the pocket, taking big hits, limping up the field and still was in there. So you do like to see that from your young QB. Like, you know, he would not quit. He would not go out of the game. Uh, He had that one large run at the end of the game there, which, you know, that's why you take him so high is his explosion. But yeah, not sure if he has it with his arm. But back to the Commanders and Packers, I have no clue what the hell to do with this game. Uh, the Packers very well, I mean, I said how they could come back and be a contender. They very well could just be a bad team too. Like, we just haven't seen it from them. Uh, I'm going to say 20. I've had a few games right in this ballpark. We're going to go 20. We can go 22-17. 22-16, I'll go. Packers over the Commanders. And you said a four-and-a-half point line? Four-and-a-half. I think that started off at like five-and-a-half, so I think people are betting the Washington. Maybe I don't know. It depends on where you get it to bet, too. I think this is going to be a, a little bit of a get-right game for the Packers. Aaron Jones, I feel, is going to have a big one. He's been a person that will floor every week. has been like, we need to get him involved. So I think this will be the week he does. I got this one 27 to 17 Green Bay. All right, next game, Bucks at Panthers. Bucks are a 10 and a half point favorite. Bucks should win this one going away. And if they don't, then same as the Packers, you really, really, really need to start asking questions if they can't gain some space against this Panthers team. So I'm not going to go in the 30s. I'm going to say 28 
to 12 bucks over the Panthers. Yeah. Um, we've actually used, give me 28, 13, 15, 13. Okay. We've said it a few times on this show. It started by you. If you are the team that we think you are, you've got to win this game. You've got to win big. So I, I think Tampa's a contender and they're, got, they're just trying to figure it out, but this Carolina team's not good. So I've got this game 30 to 17. This game, I have some trouble with, uh, especially with the Raiders coming off a of bye. We got Texans at Raiders. Raiders are a seven point favorite. Uh, I think that line's a bit high, just a little bit. I can see the Texans definitely covering that. Uh, I believe, I still believe this. I said this two weeks ago, and I still believe this. The Raiders are the second best team in the AFC West. That Monday night game did nothing but reinforce that for me. Uh, you know, even if McDaniels is a bad coach, which I don't believe he is necessarily, he's Mediocre. had some. He's had some. He's had some questionable decisions. You know, mainly that. You know, going for two against the Chiefs. I wouldn't even call him mediocre yet. Like he's just that one game against Arizona was weird. You know, type thing. But uh, this offense can at least put together some points, unlike the Broncos and the Chargers. I just. I can't even get past that Monday night game. That was like a replay of the Broncos Colts game. It's exactly um, what I needed, so I'm I'm really happy about it because it made me win my week in my weeks in fantasy. So I'm you know, I'm, thoroughly I'm glad you said that. It. I'm glad you said that, Keenan, because this. I mean, we're not talking about those teams yet. The Broncos or the Chargers, but that last throw Herbert had that nine yard throw just yep. to get him closer to field goal range because their kicker was you know a little injured. Yep. That throw lost it for me. <laughs> I was winning by like point. I was winning by like point five points, maybe. So had they just batted that down, like or if he overthrows it, anything there, anything, anything to bring up fourth and longer, and maybe they go for it on fourth. Who knows? But let's say they batted down and then they brought out the kicker. I win that week most likely. I've had that. But then again, who knows? Because the Broncos might have got it back and immediately fumbled. Who the fuck knows with those I, two teams? I lost, say I lost money one time last year. It was on a Tyree Kill, or two years ago. It was on a Tyree Kill third down reception for five yards. And I lost a decent lump sum of money in FanDuel because of how many people had Tyree Kill in the four o'clock only slot. It was one of the most depressing. It was a five-yard pass. I had Mahomes. He needed to throw it to any single person not named Tyree Kill, and I would have won money, like a solid amount of money. I lost it all on that. It was one of the most depressing things. I was devastated for the next, like, 24 hours. NFL, it'll do that to you, you know? It will. Uh, Texans at Raiders, I think this is a good game. Let's say Raiders, because the Raiders got to win this game. They still are in a must-win kind of zone after that loss from the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. We'll say Raiders 27, Texans 23. 27 to 23. I've got it Raiders 28 to 20. Uh, Josh Jacobs has gotten his footing the last few weeks. Uh, Houston against the run has not been good all year. I think he'll have a big game. This one's another one I have trouble with. Your guess is as good as mine with this one. Jets at Broncos. Broncos are a one-point favorite. Uh, <laughs> no idea who I'm going to pick here. 
maybe the Broncos because they need one, but Russ does not look good. He more than insists staying in the pocket. Again, you saw him getting out of the pocket early in uh, Monday night's game. Went 10 for 10 early. Looked good. Don't know what happened. First quarter looked great, and then after the first quarter played bad. Just bad. Looked like Looked like Russell Westbrook is what he looked oh, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, being the Jets, I'm just going to pick against them because, uh, you know, New England needs some gain in the AFC East standings. So let's say Broncos 23-20. And I'm not even if, – if they're going to win by three, it's probably going to be like 17-14, not 23-20. But we'll see. So- I've got the Jets. I think the Jets can score more than 16. Again, I don't know that the Broncos can, so I've got it actually. I've got a 21-16 to New York Jets win. Next game. I believe this will be a fun game. Oh, this C- might be game of the week. Oh, we no, sorry, Seahawks. sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, go on, sorry. <laughs> we got Seahawks. You're looking at game ahead. We yes. got Seahawks, Chargers. Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I'm actually going to go Seahawks here. I think they're the more well-coached team. I think they know their identity more than the Chargers. Well, the Chargers might know their identity, but, I mean, Staley's just not a good coach. I mean, I thought he was going to have some improvement, but I've freaking, like, pulled my hair out watching between him and Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I can't do it. I, bad coaching, I love watching it because it's entertaining, but at the same time, I literally want to like rake my eyes out at the same time because it's like, have y'all ever played Madden before? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, Some of these are just no, easy decisions. No, uh, honestly, like, and I swear it doesn't make sense, but like, I play Madden quite often. It's really not that difficult to make some of these like decisions. It, it is not difficult. These coat like these timing decisions, these certain like fourth and whenever to go for it and not go for it, it just doesn't seem that difficult. Yeah, like at the end of regulation in that Monday night game, uh, I don't know what happened. Was it a sack? Something happened, but Staley let the clock run all the way down to one second for uh, for a hail mary attempt, wasn't it? Yeah, no, because which Herbert, I guess kind of makes sense, but like no, I'm, you called if you called a timeout early, you could have made plays. But I mean, I guess if you don't have any faith in Russell Wilson, then yeah, sure. But I, oh no, sorry, Staley. I don't know. Uh, it, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about though. Sorry, I said anyway, it the opposite way. Go on. No, you're good. But let's. Uh, I'm gonna go Seahawks. Like I said, I think it'll be high scoring. We'll say twenty-eight, twenty-four. Seahawks over the Chargers. I think the Seahawks cover, but I do think that the Chargers win. I've got them winning 30 to 28. I think it's damn near damn near impossible for them to win that type of game over a well-coached team just by what Staley does. But we'll see. Could be possible. Uh this potentially could be the game of the week, even though the Niners are banged up. Chiefs at Niners. Chiefs are a three-point favorite, making the Niners a three-point home underdog. Uh, I do think the Chiefs win. Uh, let's say... Let's say I think you get to 30. Let's say 30-22. I got a lot of 22s, I feel like, this week. 30-22 to 22 Chiefs over the Niners. I've got a... Th- Actually, What's that? I take that back. I take that back. Niners are what they want to be a contender, but they're really banged up. So I'll give them a few more points. Let's say 
so they don't cover, but it's still a close game. Um, I've got 31-24 Kansas City. I think Kansas City gives up early, and San Fran being able to throw on uh, throw a little bit, I could see them throwing, but I think Travis Kelsey has a big game knowing you got a good tight end across the field from him. Weird game right here. Steelers at Dolphins. Dolphins are a seven-point favorite. It's not Sunday sure who the game. I'm not happy about it. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like they could have flexed this. I think they can flex as early as week six now. Yeah, I feel I like they very easily could have switched the Chiefs Niners into the slot. Yeah, no, easily could have switched the easily could have flexed that in. Uh, or if it was truly up to the NFL, they'd probably flex the Jets Broncos into the slot because they insist on us watching the Broncos. I, I, there's been but, they've had so many national televised and they're just bad. So like I don't enjoy watching the games. Like it's not fun to watch. So many games on national TV. Funny to watch though. I'll no, say it that it's funny to but, watch. But like I like to watch good football every now and again, and they have not been an advocate for good football. This is a weird game. I don't know. Is uh, Tua back? I think Tua. I think Tua is. I think Tua's back. From everything I heard, they said last week he should be back this week. He's passed everything, so Tua should be in this game. I think that's why they're favored by seven. Um, trying to look. The only thing that's coming up is how he blacked out after he got hit. Which, yeah, we know that. Um. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm seeing nothing about it. So, I don't know. It could be Tua. It could be Bridgewater. I would give them the edge. Uh, Steelers, though, kind of running hot after last week. You know, they got to feel good about themselves. Claypool had a big game. Uh, just for AFC East purposes, and I got a little distance so I can do this. I can pick a game here. So I'm going to take the Steelers over the Dolphins. Uh, similar to a lot of scores on this on this docket. 23-20, low 20s for me. Eh, no, screw that. We'll go give it a little more. Let's say, say 25-24 at the gun, Steelers win over the Dolphins. I've got a 27-20 Dolphins win and as of four hours ago, Nick Shook on NFL said that uh, Dolphins QB Tua Tungavaloa excited ahead of expected start for Steelers on Sunday. Oh, that still doesn't give me much more confidence just because he had two whole concussions in four days. Yeah, so I that, mean, that's fair. I'm just I'm just letting you know that he is starting. Right. Anyway, so Bears at Patriots seven and a half point favorite. The Patriots are on Monday night. Uh, I've already said I don't think the Bears will score an offensive touchdown. So uh, let's go Patriots, 30, Bears, 6, final score. <laughs> I've got it 27-10, to New England over uh, the Bears. I do want to say quickly, though, uh, one of our uh, friends, Gino Lett, is a Bears fan. Uh, I figured this also needs to be extended to you, but you did apologize. He he sent me a random snap video saying Keenan. Oh no, you know, I got the same. Oh, you did get the same one. I was like, <laughs> um, you know, I did make some comments at the draft about the Patriots not being that great. I was out of pocket for that, so he said. So he said sorry. I just wanted to bring that up, Gene. Thank you for your apology and standing up to that. <laughs> and we'll That's see. And we'll see this week. 
Shouts to Gino Lett and shouts to Gino Lett's beard. That's oh, yeah, sure. oh is, yeah, clean beard. Very clean beard. Keeps it well let's, tamed, too. <laughs> let's, let's move on to uh, opening night NBA. We'll try to be quick here as the NBA games are starting. But uh, love what I saw from the Celtics. Absolutely loved it. That's how I've been wanting them to play, how fast they were playing. Um, the defense looked incredible. This team is unbelievably deep. And you know what? You might be right here. My my one question about them was, will they respect their new coach, which we'll see throughout the year. But, man, they carried themselves like they were, a re- you know, they were coming off a championship. Mm-hmm. They looked so confident. Uh, which they've always had Philly's number. Let's be honest. Like, they throughout, whether it was the Stevens teams, whether it was the Adoka teams, whether it, They've always had the size advantage over the Celtics, but the Celtics have always kind of used their speed. Uh, you know, the Sixers' offense looked very unimaginative. Hopefully that changes. Otherwise, Doc's probably not there for the long run. But, I mean, the Philly team, they I mean, just like I said, they got a ton of talent. Harden definitely looks better. Granted, it's only one game, but he might not be as explosive, but he looks far more confident. He did a much better far. shape. Looks in much yeah, better look, shape. Looks in much better shape and his you know, if he's not getting to the rim, he at least looks more confident in his ISO, I'm gonna step back and do a three on you type thing. Like so he looked better from that view. He's obviously gonna get his assist. Uh but yeah. I mean I'm already getting heat for both of us are getting heat for it, not having the Celtics in the conference finals, which I kinda hedged. I never picked between the Celtics and Sixers, which is bad enough if you're gonna call me a Celtics fan, right? But I do think the Sixers team has true potential. But, man, Boston, with uh, with the addition of Brogdon, how Grant looked last night, he's got some off-the-dribble moves. I didn't even know we had Noah Vonley, uh, which, whatever, like, that's not going to make or break the season. But I thought that was interesting. I had no idea we had him. Blake Griffin looked good. Like, he fits the offense really well. Horford looked okay. Stats weren't anything special. But, I mean... I'm excited about this team. I love the pace they're playing with. Uh, Philly's going to be interesting to watch. Embiid, you know, if we're just talking leaders, Tatum and Brown, specifically Tatum, looked way more into the game than Embiid did on Philly side. Uh, I thought Harden brought the intensity and all that more than uh, more than Embiid. Aside from the fight, he tried to start with Marcus Smart a little bit. Uh, also loved Marcus Smart's quote where he said, I'm showing maturity because I didn't crack Joel Embiid's head or some shit like that, which was, I love that quote. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Celtics show some toughness, which I would have loved to see last year. Felt like they haven't had that since like the Jay Crowder IT era, uh, or maybe even that last season with Kyrie when they had Rozier and Markeith and all those guys, or sorry, Marcus Morris. Um, but yeah, no, I love what I see out of the Celtics. I'll let you talk about the Eastern Conference now because I'm kind of rambling. Um. Yeah, as you said, I just wanted to check. I wanted to see the record because I know they have. I think it, the Celtics are about 29 and 12. Some there are roughly around there over the, since 2014, 2015 against the Sixers. So had their number. They beat them in the playoffs a few years back. I saw it. I thought Jason Tatum looked amazing as I expected him to look. Jalen Brown also looked very looked nice. Malcolm Brogdon, you're going to tell, is definitely going to control that second unit. And at the time, and at times, when Marcus Smart was kind of being careless with the ball in the playoffs, Tatum was being a little careless in the playoffs as well. 
Uh, I think Malcolm Brogdon's going to be that point guard that's able to kind of reel everybody in. He is a veteran. He's been he's played I think five or six years in the league now. Um, he hasn't been in the like the hugest spots, but he is a fifty forty ninety. He's ex fifty forty ninety guy. He definitely I think that's definitely a great addition for you with Gallo too. I think that would have been, but this is two four six. This is actually his seventh year now. So he's been in the league since twenty sixteen. He's definitely played enough basketball. I liked what I saw. I did like what I saw out of Harden just because obviously he didn't have like the greatest of game. He had a great first half. The second half fills it off a little bit, but for sure looked confident, looked sure with his moves. It, they like, and there have been times where he's looked hesitant. He did look leaner, which I did like as well. Um, Embiid played solid for sure. Embiid definitely has his moments where he seems like he almost can take himself out of games at times just by becoming too much of a jump shooter. But, I mean, at the same time, he's Joel Embiid. He, he has a very good jump shooter for being a big, and when he needed to, he did get down in the paint. The Sixers are going to be fine moving forward. Maxi looked good as well, but the Celtics showed that they are a little bit better right now. Yeah, Maxi looked excellent. I love yeah. Maxi. My yeah. favorite player in the league. Uh, that would be, you mentioned Embiid's threes. That's one difference for me between him and Jokic is, you know, Jokic could make that shot all day. Like, he's an excellent uh, spot-up shooter, especially from the top of the key. Yeah. And there's many times he passes up that shot and will just attack from 15 in. You know what I mean? And uh, he'd be helping his team if he shot that. And he he damn near lives in the post, even though he, you know, controls the offense a lot from the high post as well. Embiid, and in Embiid's case, anytime he shoots a three, I'm like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, he's such a big he's body. Seven feet away from the basket. I'm like, go ahead, shoot that. You know what I mean? Like, get get in the post. You know, you're scarier there. If you're doing that and you have an inside out game with him and Harden, they're going to be mm-hmm. at the least very tough to beat. But if you're standing around letting Harden do his thing, and then when you do touch the ball, it's either one of the post or a pick and pop or, you know, a standalone three. Or one where you're doing a stare down three, even better. Like, go ahead and shoot that Joel Embiid. Yeah, no, like, you definitely you want him like <laughs> as a Sixers fan or as a Joel Embiid supporter fan, whatever. You want him on the block as much as possible because there's rarely going to be a court where he's not the biggest player. Like maybe right. Stephen Adams is bigger. Like maybe, and that that's going to be one of your only players that he's going to go against. That is actually going to be may probably a little bit stronger than he is. And if not, the same kind of strength. Like, in the three, I don't mind him taking about three or four threes a game. Just off the a hardened pick and pop to where it's in rhythm. I don't need the, I'm dribbling the ball up the court. I'm kind of dribbling myself into a three. Like, we don't need the Clay Thompson threes. I don't need those ones. Like, get in the post. You, get, you can get your threes when you need them, but you are way more dangerous down low getting twos than you are getting threes. Even though you shoot, you shoot it at... Like last couple of years, it's been around thirty-seven percent. So he's definitely a good shooter for sure. But I don't, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need, I don't need as many threes, especially like when you're, when you're doing something that the defense wants you to do. That's probably for the most part not the move always. Like with obviously with Curry, if he's only shooting mid-range jump shots the entire game, you're like, good. I'm happy with that. You don't want the bombs for Curry. The things like that, but go on. It's that second I, game. Yeah. Speaking of, 
Yeah, Warriors, Lakers. Uh, Warriors took care of business like we thought they would. Uh, I completely forgot about the Dante DiVincenzo edition. Yeah, those are pretty uh, much their Gary Payton substitute. Yeah, and look, this team's deeper. You know what I mean? I did like this the Jermichael better. Green pickup. As well. yeah, I, think that will, I think that will definitely serve them well just because he's a veteran who will he can take shots and you feel comfortable with him in the game to not make mistakes. Um, I know I kind of cooled down on my Draymond thing. Like, I, I still don't think he's going to get traded, but I'm like, it's going to, I don't think it's going to be much of a distraction, the whole him and Jordan Poole thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of missed this, but after the Celtics game into the Warriors Lakers game, there was apparently a video Draymond did addressing the situation, kind of. Did you catch this? I did. I saw that it happened. I didn't see that um i didn't see the video but i saw that it happened apparently he didn't really apologize nor take accountability for it to some degree i don't know so i just who the hell knows like the situation's so weird the only thing i could picture happening and by the way jordan Poole and draymond like i haven't seen anything of like them dapping up or anything you know what i mean and if there was a night to do that it's ring night when you are celebrating you know what i mean you were celebrating your your championship you're celebrating last year celebrating your teammates the whole organization uh so who knows the only thing i could really see getting draymond traded is if he says some dumbass shit on his podcast which is uh a possibility yeah uh, as far as the lakers go they look worse than what i was expecting anthony davis looks great he looks like the old him he lost weight or, you know, shave some muscle off at least. He's moving around like the old AD. Uh, and he LeBron, needs to, He needs to stay assertive throughout the entire game. Like, uh, yeah, early on, I was going to say, early on he was great. At the end of it, it seemed sometimes he can, because he's such a, he feels like he's such a team-oriented guy that sometimes he can kind of let LeBron do what he does or whatever. He just needs to kind of just take the reins always. But other than, like, movement-wise, body-wise, he looked good. Yeah, which that's hard to do with with LeBron being your number one. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to take the reins. But, you know, that's always been AD, though. He's always been defense first, offense second, even with his offensive tools. But he's going to look good. LeBron's going to get his stats. But they have no wings, and they still can't shoot. Uh, I was nice when I put them as my seventh seed. I really saw something, but, I mean... I guess not with this team. Like, I would not be surprised to see the Kings finish comfortably ahead of them. I just don't see it. If you don't got wings in the NBA and you can't shoot, uh, it could be a long season where the only highlight is LeBron breaking the scoring record. It really could be. Because what do you have after those two if everything's still a uh, question mark with Westbrook? Yeah, you've got Pat Bev. But Lonnie Walker's your number one defensive option. I don't know. They don't have have shooting. That's they don't have shooting, which is you know that's always been their thing. Like, look, if I've said it, the Celtics won the bubble championship. Yeah, defend it, but look, and the Lakers won that championship. They're the champions of the twenty-two NBA season. But is it fair to question it? I think it's more than fair to question it and point out that it looks like an aberration compared to LeBron's other four years there. I do. Uh, doesn't mean that they're fake champions or Mickey Mouse champions as, uh, you know, the internet would like to call it, but is it fair to question it? I think it's more than fair to question 
that championship. I do, but I don't. I don't. Uh, they've see. been. I was gonna say they've been obviously a good team. They were the one seed going into the button into the bubble. Then they ended up obviously winning it. They were close to the one seed. I think they were the two seed before LeBron got injured. It's just the way their team's constructed now is constructed for like the 90s to 2000s or 80s. Like they could they they're just constructed of people like playing inside the paint. Like if they're only a mid-range game where they didn't really space the floor all that much and it was just about getting to the paint, they'd be fine. But when you're going to you can't be a bad shooting team and take 43s. That just doesn't work. You cuz that's that's 40 shots you're putting up and at a bad Eight on your good nights, thirty-five percent. That means twenty-five of those shots are not going in at least, and then other teams are going to get out on transition because you're slow back. Like that—that's not going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done. If you're a LeBron James fan, it might be a good year for you because there's a chance he could win the scoring title if it's going this bad. Like maybe he just goes. Oh, fantasy wise, man! I'm telling you what, I'm happy about it. Fantasy wise, thirty-one eleven or thirty-one fourteen and eight, and he didn't even play like the greatest of games. I think he's gonna go for this back-to-back fifty. Also, that I thought he think think he can get feeling better and better, but I feel good about it. I think he could do it. Yeah, I think LeBron's gonna try to get a lot of stats this year. I think <laughs> I think a lot of the style lines we're gonna see with Luka Doncic, we're gonna see LeBron put those up. And then uh, you know, it could be in a a one twenty three, one oh eight loss type of games, but yeah. LeBron might get those stats. But I don't know. That could be maybe that could be more dramatic as that season goes on. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh and so Team, I, you got anything? Uh, Seven thirty games start right now. So and I was saying you, you like as you, you liked what you saw from the Warriors last night. You don't feel like they've really missed a or, beat at all. Of course, yeah. No, yeah. their their only question is going to be if they trade Draymond. And I think that could affect them depending on who comes back. But yeah. I don't see them trading Draymond. Uh, I don't think they yeah. need to right now. And I, like unless he makes like a big distraction, they're so championship oriented, and they don't feel. The need to fill in his spot because they have so many young guys is not like a we have to get recoup we have to recoup something for Draymond. So I don't see them needing a crazy amount for Draymond or like needing to trade him. And with that being said, I think that they will be in a good spot. Yeah. But other than that, that's all I've that's that's all I have. I'm happy to see it. Steph looks great. The Warriors look great. LeBron was fun to watch him shoot. I think it's going to be there's going to be some moments this year, but it'll be good. Absolutely. Listen, go listen to our NBA prediction show up now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You will see this probably Thursday evening. It'll be up around probably before the Thursday night game uh, when you guys will be hearing this. So, uh, Keenan, great talking to you. Good talking Can't to you as well. Games. Cannot wait to watch these games. Cannot wait for this NFL weekend. I'll be talking to you this weekend. Of course. Uh, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the start to the NBA season. Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back.